We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. Breaking news, Terry Rozier. He'll be the next starting point guard of the Charlotte Hornets. Step back, wide open, and it's good! Terry Rozier! All right, welcome everyone to another BuzzBeat, your favorite Charlotte Hornets podcast. This episode is brought to you by our partners, betonline.ag. Be sure to check out both episodes from last week. They were two really good ones. Uh, On the first one, broke down some prospects uh, on our Wednesday episode and had a bonus episode on Friday that Richie did with assistant coach for the Charlotte Hornets, Dutch Gailey. Awesome episode. So if you haven't checked that one out yet, make sure you go do that. Um, on today's episode, we're going to take a look uh, into Cole Anthony of Carolina and Cassius Stanley from Duke to freshmen um, that both made an impact, I would say, in different ways uh, during their freshman seasons um, here in the ACC for Carolina and Duke. And obviously with with what Brian does for ACCsports.com, he has seen these guys as much as anybody that doesn't coach them uh, or is around them in the locker room on a daily basis. Uh, so it's going to be me and Brian today uh, talking Cole and Cassius. Richie's going to sit sit this week out. On that note, Brian, what's going on with you? I'm making it in there, man. I, uh, I'm i doing all right. Good to see, uh, see and sp- speak with some family over the weekend on Mother's Day while also you know keeping up with any any sort of social distancing procedures. But that was nice. And uh, I'm hanging in there, man. It's hard to believe it's been two months now, right? Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, I'm definitely ready to get back to some kind of normal, but uh, I don't even know what that means anymore. You know, I mean, yeah. two months. It feels like longer than that, to be honest with you. I know. And I and I've noticed recently, probably in like the last two weeks, I've noticed all the habits, not bad habits necessarily, but just the habits I've picked up. You yeah. know, in this in this quarantine reality between the hours of 
probably 7 a.m. and like 6 p.m. <laughs> yeah, he same so here. Same it's, here. It's, I'm just wondering like how I'm going to break out of those, get in my car, go to work every day and like reinvent. I don't know. It's going to be weird. It is. Uh, it's also it's like it's been it's been enjoyable, obviously, having time to do extra time, essentially, to do draft prep. I've been going back and rewatching a lot of ACC games and teams, sort of do some like forecast pieces for for next season. However, the you know, 2020, 2021 campaign looks like. But uh, and I've re- I really have enjoyed that. Like it's been good practice and stuff too to even have extra time. But um, it's like watching the last dance and you just seeing these playoff series. And as much fun as I am having, you know, prepping for the draft and 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 going through, you know, rewatching Miami, Virginia Tech, uh, some of these other, you know, watching some of these other ACC teams that are going to bring back a lot of talent next season. Like, man, what I would do to see uh, an NBA playoff series right now, like uh, I would, I would go crazy for that. You know, we'd be, we'd be like in the second round of the playoffs right now, like the third round yeah, of the playoffs so. right now. I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, how much fun would that be? But um, yeah, I'm glad I, again, I feel fortunate because uh, everyone's uh, everyone in the family is doing well and staying safe and, you know, keeping as clear mentally as they possibly can. And I would also like to throw in too, just like uh, to, to be the the company men that we are here that the podcast with sue bird and, and megan rapino that's going to be on blue wire now i've checked out some of those ig live shows um I, some of the one with diana tarasi uh, some of the one with Sidney laroe and some of the one with jimmy butler it's super entertaining like that's gonna that podcast is gonna do monster numbers and uh, i'm probably gonna listen to it sue bird is like I know Megan Rubino's sort of uh, she's you know the the American flag like a cultural icon now at this point, but uh, Subert is totally awesome and it is really good at like sort of like directing the traffic on those too. So I'll be looking forward to checking out uh, that podcast when it uh, I guess now that it's a part of the family too. Absolutely, of all the great UConn women's basketball players, Sue Bird might she might be the. Uh the creme de la creme of that yeah. group, I guess. Huh? Yeah. She's certainly in the conversation. She, Tarazi, my more, some others, but yeah, anyways, she's, she's like a natural for, for sort of like the, the, the like the less formal IG live video. And I think she's going to, she'll kick ass sort of being like the driving voice on their podcast too. So that's very cool. Very exciting stuff for blue wire. So go check that yeah. out. Uh, if you haven't already all right well let's uh let's jump in here cole anthony is our our first prospect i'm gonna do just a quick profile on both of these and then get to um some listener questions so we appreciate everyone that they got a question and we'll do our best to get to all of them today so first uh prospect here cole anthony look blue chipper came in with as much hype as you could possibly come in uh with to college um, you know, part of that was his father, uh, you know, Greg Anthony being a very good NBA player. Um, and the other part of that was, look, this guy, he tore up high school in the EYBL uh, on the AAU circuit. So for good reason, he came in with hype 6'3", um, yeah, decent, I would say, wingspan, maybe plus one and a half. He, he's not super long, 185 pounds. Um, Cole had a perplexing freshman season to say the least um you know we'll, we'll go into it more later but you know certainly was out for I, I think what was six weeks brian correct me if i'm if i'm wrong there yeah, but right about yeah that. 
you know, so so you, you have to look at the numbers and take a grain of salt with number one, that the injury. And I think number two, there were there were few teams, I would say, in in uh, power five division one basketball last season that had worse spacing uh, than Carolina. Virginia was up there with them. I would say Kentucky was was also yes. up there with them. Yes. So when you talk about a lead guard like Cole, uh, who. You know, I've heard point guard. I don't think he's a point guard. He's a lead guard. He's a score first kind of guy who wants to get to the rack constantly. It was very difficult for him to get to the rack. And there's some questions on this later. You know, how much should how much weight should you put on that when you're really scouting him and, and looking at some of his numbers that I mean look, some of his numbers are, are offensively are putrid. They really are. They're there's almost as bad as they come for a prospect that's that's unanimously, I would say, considered as a as a lottery guy. Um but he's explosive. Um, you know, he, he's got a quick first step. Uh, he can definitely get to the rack. There's no question about that. I don't think that uh, the numbers didn't back up him being a, an above average, above average finisher uh, in the paint or in the yeah. restricted <laughs> or in the yeah. area, which, which is a little weird because, you know, as I – and I watched a lot of Cole, like, throughout the season, so I've seen plenty of him. But in prep for this podcast, I went back and watched both Duke Carolina games. And late last night, and he's, he's got great body control in midair. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes a, not great footwork of getting to that Euro step or keeping his dribble alive a little longer. He seeks out the contact, and he can hang in the air and, and get the ball up to the rim, but rarely does it go in. But you kind of understand why, because it's just a little bit erratic and out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Cole is – I buy the shooting, uh, and he can do it off the dribble. He can do it off ball screens. Um, I think there's some ability, some untapped potential because he had a 30% usage last season. So he wasn't off the ball very much, but I think he can come off screens and shoot. Not a beautiful looking jump shot, but it's not broken and he's confident. So he's going to let it go. Um, defensively, I, I, I think he's fine. He's a really good help defender, actually. Something that I have not seen enough people talk about. I realized that scouting these two games, I went back and watched to get ready for this pod. Always in the right position on help D, hugging that help line, ready to jump into gaps and, and stop dribble penetration. On ball, he's, he's not as good. His, his footwork is sloppy. He gets he melts on screens a lot, uh, and he plays with his arms down to his side. So, you know, overall, I think, Cole, I mean, the potential is obvious. Um, you know, you see where this guy could, at the very least, be a guy that comes off the bench and just gives you some zest offensively, right, uh, long term. But I also see where he can be a lead guard, um, you know, maybe one day a top 12 point guard, right, hand the reins to him if everything checks out. But I don't know what he does. Like, I don't know what his greatest strength is. And I think that that's my biggest question with Cole. And that's also my biggest question with Cassius. So on that note, tell us a little bit about Cassius, Brian. Yeah, Cassius Stanley, much different role uh, at Duke this season, but also a freshman, also an older freshman. Uh, Cole Anthony set to turn 20 later this week. Cassius Stanley already 20. He'll be 21 um, in August. 6'6", but I, I bet Cassius is closer to like 6'4 Um, Just like I don't think Cole Anthony's 6'3". Like I mean, I've stood around those guys multiple times this season. Cassius a lot this year. Um, he's skinny, not super long. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's not one of those guys with just like an out-of-control wingspan. I think it'll be hugged pretty closely uh, correlated to his height. Um, they, Duke listed him at 195 this season, but – and he's he, – you know, he can – get 
low and has a pretty strong center of gravity. Duke tried posting him up, I would say, a dozen or so times this season. He really fights and competes for for position. But that that's not really a big part of his game, and he is skinny. He needs to bulk up. That has more to do with his uh, – with some of his issues defensively, but let's uh, probably bury the lead here. Just a freak athlete, just a total outlier vertical athlete, um, an absolute track star in, in transition, a guy that wants to leak out on the receiving end of a lot of, a lot of those Trey Jones passes that we talked about two weeks ago, where Trey just lays it in beautifully over the top and just hits, you know, catch Stanley, like a, a wide receiver that got beyond the secondary for a, for an easy catch and finish, um, forty six inch vertical leap. Uh, he set the broke Zion's record. He's the, all in terms of Duke basketball history. He is the greatest. He's the highest vertical leap. Um, explosive, but with control. Good hands. Good body control. Caught passes in traffic. Like like again, like to borrow another football analogy, like a receiver going up and battling with a defensive back, able to sort of win those contested passes. When, uh, when he needed to and able to like finish those tough plays. He had some alley-oop finishes in the air this season where he caught the ball one-handed behind him or sort of like uh, he had one against Georgia Tech where he was basically yeah. on a sprint going right to the rim. The pass was like a little behind him. He was still able to like in in midair as he's like flying. almost stop his body and just yeah. toss it down. Yeah. He, he, and just a total outlier athlete. But he, he had an alley against NC State too, which is like it was like he could have done a cartwheel in midair, but instead he just <laughs> caught it one handed and just spiked it through. And he, he had a couple this season. Uh thirty two dunks, which is a lot for a you know six five wing. Um, Ryan, pound for pound, best vertical athlete in this draft, do you think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it just crazy. The guy has rockets in his legs. Like he does. And he even had a couple, he had a couple like plays in transition this season where like, where he can take off with the basketball, not just like catching it in the air. It's like the ability to, for him to go from like speed dribble to I'm jumping from 14 feet out and I'm going to spike one, do, spike one through. Just really fluid and, and impressive. Good intangibles, too. I think, like, with Stanley, like, because he is such a special athlete, it's so easy to immediately go into just how high he can jump and how fast he can run. But, like, funny personality, smart, clever. Uh, he'll do great in a professional locker room. Just like a sponge, if he's going to be – you're going to put him into a locker room as the youngest guy in, in a room. I also round cash us a lot this season. Like, I got to see this firsthand. I think he's going to like, just like a sponge. He's going to take to the developmental aspects that an NBA team gives him. And I think that's really important for him because he's really talented, but he sort of has the ways to go as a prospect too, but big time worker, good teammate, competitor, totally hates to lose uh, during the, the Louisville game this season um, in Durham. Uh, Duke really didn't play that well. Cash is not a great shooting game, but was like dynamic at times played really hard and you could just see it on his face. Like he was hurting and was bothering him that Duke had lost that game. Um, at that point in January, it was sort of like one of the biggest games Duke had had all season, but a guy that'll hustle back for, for chase down blocks. He had one in the, the Miami game in Durham this season where like he got called for the foul, but Matthew hurt turned the ball over. Uh, I think it was Isaiah Wong from Miami blew it up and, and intercepted the ball. And I mean, Stanley came flying out of the wing just to chase the run back, chase down, and try to block the shot. And he fouled the hell out of out of uh, Isaiah Wong, um, but like gave the effort to actually get back and do it. 
And uh, yeah, I just think he's, is a great character addition to a team with the athleticism and a spot up shooting game that it's not perfect. We sort of talked about some elements of it this way. It's sort of similar to Josh Green's in a way, like mid to high thirties and overall three point percentage, pretty good shooting off the catch, not a ton of off movement shooting, but some encouraging actions coming off of screens at times this season, either in straight catch and shoots or using that to let to him get to his, uh, his pull up or isolation spin drive game. Um, and cash is, is a really interesting prospect. Good spot up player has, I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't expect him to become like a, like a, like an actual like movement shooter that you really, you know, run off of all kinds of screens and offense, but has some movement potential shooting um, plays hard as hell, uh, some defensive upside, although I think he's got some, some stuff to iron out on that side of the court too. Yeah. I think he's the kind of guy that like, if you could snag him early in the second round, he's, he's a really good pick. I think at that range, he, you know, he wasn't like a, he was a blue chip recruit, but like probably around the top 30 to 35 range late commit to Duke. Um, he committed and actually Boogie Ellis, who ended up at, at Memphis, was committed to Duke at the time. Boogie decommitted, went to Memphis when Cassius came in. But uh, again, uh, I think he's has the chance to be a, a, a good player and a good pick either late in the first round or early to mid second round, which is where I think he'll probably end up. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll uh, we'll come back and get to these questions. With currently no NBA, NHL or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, all open 24 hours a day and all online. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to bluechew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. BlueChew's online physician is free of cost. Once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit bluechew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's bluechew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, um, let's start with Cole Anthony. Again, very intriguing prospect. How much do you weigh? What all went on in Carolina last year? Uh, how much is that a knock on his stock? We have two really good questions here. I'm going to read them off both real quick uh, just to thank you guys for, for bringing these questions to us, uh, and then we'll go. So the first one's from Which Carolina on Twitter, at Which Carolina. Do any of you buy the argument that Anthony's poor st- statistical shooting percentages 
and offensive inefficiency was largely a symptom of the talent around him and, and less of an indicator on how he will project in the NBA. Second question from James Plowright at British underscore buzz on Twitter. How much should uh, situation at the situation at UNC be taken into account? I've rewatched his hoop summit and McDonald's performance, and he finished well in the paint and showed good vision. Well, I think these are, are, are both great questions. Again, they're similar. Brian, I'll start with how much should you weigh, you know, again, the Carolina you know, atmosphere in terms of the lack of spacing and his injury. I mean, I, I think the lack of spacing is a real thing for Cole. Um, totally. I don't, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how you could look at that offense and just freeze frame when he's halfway down to the lane and see Brooks and Baycott, but both standing with two feet in the paint <laughs> and expect that guy to finish, you know, consistently. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a real thing. I also think this, I think part of the, the the problem for Cole is is that he didn't you know he didn't adapt to the situation and not that you know night there are a lot of or any nineteen year old freshman that, that should fully adapt to that situation but he did not make the guys around him better um, totally yes that's in and, my notes here too and and I think that's important to remember because there's this there's a big time narrative on yeah he didn't have any spacing he didn't have any room he couldn't be himself. Well, guess what? There, there's some NBA teams. I mean, Orlando, <laughs> you know, that don't play with great spacing. And and I mean, Markel Fultz, he, he's 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 evolved. He's learned how to grow yeah. as a player and, and make the guys around him better. Cole has had just incredible tunnel vision that I think was as much should be attributed to his struggles just as much of the la- as the lack of spacing at Carolina. I, j- I just think that's important to remember. But again, I do think it's something. I mean, Carolina, yeah. it, it was like watching paint dry, you know, watching them trying to score the ball. So, yeah, it's like it's important to remember that this UNC team, especially with the, the injury to the Anthony Harris, they basically had, had three good shooters. Um, Cole Anthony, Brandon Robinson, and Christian Keeling the last third of the season. And even he sort of had a fetish for taking dumb pull-up mid-range jump shots anyways. But UNC, they shot 30% on threes this year, outside the top 300 nationally, in three-point percentage, effective shooting, and three-point attempt rate. (laughs) Less than 29% of their field goal attempts this season were threes. So, yeah, I mean, he was playing – Cole was playing in an airplane bathroom in the paint. UNC 35th percentile nationally in spot-up efficiency, which, again, is just pathetic, especially when you consider that some of that good spot-up activity actually came from Cole Anthony, too. So you think of the balls in his hands. I mean, there were a lot of possessions where there were just no spot-up shooters on the court, um, in part because not only was UNC playing two additional bigs with Baycott and Brooks a lot, but some of the high usage, not high usage, but the the, he, the high minutes wings for this team, like Andrew Playtech, Leaky Black, these are horrible three-point shooters. I'm talking about guys that were like, you know, below 28, 29% three-point shooting on the season and totally trigger shy at times too, even when they had good catch-and-shoot looks. So, as you said, Cole has good body control. And I think he's got decent, not great touch. Um, and, and I kind of want to hit on that a little bit more, but – physical played through and into a lot of contact initiated a lot of contact this season in part because he was just surrounded by bodies, but because he's a, he's a strong physical guard too. Um, almost seven free throw attempts per 40 minutes and probably could have been more um, honestly, if he had gotten you know a couple more whistles, I think of him, he's a little more, even though he's got a good first step, 
it's that second dribble, second step. There's just no – he's missing, like, the other gear. And I know he was dealing with uh, yeah. with, a, with a knee injury at, at UNC too. But just, like, he couldn't kick it into another gear and torn, turn the corner, create separation in the final third or the middle third of the court. And so he had to do a lot of just sort of, like, plotting, go into contact, shot fake, get a guy leaning, go into contact. Sort of like um, – I mean, look, he and R.J. Barrett are, are different players, but – Barrett's sort of like willingness to just like power his way into contact last season. I, they kind of remind remind me of one another in that regard. But yeah, Cole, 39% shooting at the rim in the half court. He had just three dunks this season, um, struggled to create separation, struggled to turn the corner. And uh, he was just sort of forced into taking a lot of contested or closely guarded shots in the floater zone, in the pull-up zone. And again, I don't think his touch is necessarily bad, but it's like it wasn't enough to compensate for the fact that he was just taking a lot of low probability shots. You know, he missed a lot of them too, you know? Yeah, and I don't. I just developmentally driving to the hoop, you know, negotiating a big, an extra big coming at him, he just seems so far away to me. Um, yeah, way more than I would have expected. I mean, you look at his numbers again in, in EYBL, and I mean, he was, he was pretty dang good at the rim. And, and yes. those numbers, by the way, AAU numbers are traditionally uh, relatable. I mean, that's something that scouts will look at to to figure out. I mean, th- those tell the truth sometimes just as much as college stats do. So, it, yeah, so that that's kind of the proof in the pudding, I guess, when you look at his high school numbers on a high level of play. And look at his college numbers, and you're like, there's too much of a variance here. Something doesn't add up. So there's the yeah. proof that, that, yeah, Carolina and, and just everything that sucked about their system there does matter. Yeah. But I just, like, I don't – I still think there's too much to develop – not too much. There's there's a lot of development left for Cole Anthony. I don't love his footwork driving to the hoop. And, again, going back to he doesn't really make anyone around him better. Yes. And, yeah. and I think that, to me – is I mean, there's there's guys in the NBA that have lasted a long time and, and been on multiple contracts that don't really make their teammates better. And there's a role for them. It's coming off the bench and being a volume scorer. And like that's the only thing for right now. Mm-hmm. I could I can really bet on Cole Anthony being again. I said at the beginning, you know, if everything checks off and you know he becomes a lead point guard, you know, and has better vision than we realize, then sure I could see him being a you know top twelve to fifteen point guard. And to be fair. He can make a pocket pass. He can yes. throw a nice lob pass to the rim. I mean, it, he's not incompetent when it comes to setting up his teammates, but the tunnel vision is so overwhelming at this point. I just don't like. I don't get what his role is going to be in the league. It, he it, it, honestly, it's like Kobe White 2.0 a little bit. Yeah, and even in, in but Kobe just has like Kobe's just so much more slippery. Like Kobe's ability to separate, maybe not as like a lead ball handler as like a but like as a secondary guy, but Kobe White's ability to, to split a ball screen and, and spin off somebody in the lane going downhill and into finish. Like he's just, yeah. just so twitchy and and, yeah. and and he's he's you know, he's just longer than, than than Cole is too. But yeah, you're right. There's some similarities there. Um yeah, I think it's a bit of a concern. It's like you don't want to compare every point or lead guard prospect to Chris Paul, but it's like because he's arguably the best of all time at the position. But it's like Paul's ability, there's just a certain standard of play. And I know, again, UNC had some serious issues with injuries, lack of shooting this season. 
But like, there's a floor that you're going to hit with a guy like that, or with that with Morant, or with uh, with Trey Young. You're just going to hit this certain floor because they're going to do enough um, to bring everyone else along. And you just didn't quite get that from Cole. In fact, you would see it some of their better games this season in terms of points per possession. And, and ball movement when when Cole was out. I mean, obviously, you want this guy in the court in the, the topic of conversation of like, oh, is UNC better without Cole? I mean, that was asinine. Um, but there is something to be said that the offense looks different. He was sort of prone to hero ball. You could see at times this season, late in the clock, certain possessions, you're just like, I, I know this shot's going up. And it's, you know, too, he's got a 70% chance that he's going to miss it because it's a tough pull-up. Um he is a dangerous pull-up shooter, good isolation player. That's where he got a lot of his free throws out of. Um, and we can maybe talk about that uh, in a little bit more here too. But uh, that's the stuff that he has to lean on. That's not the, like, that's not the swing skill, though. That's the foundation. Um, it's going to be the passing, the vision, the, the pick-and-roll decision-making. That's all questionable. And that's going to be the stuff where, like, Again, the pull-up shooting is going to be the thing that keep that keeps him in the league. That like makes his floor, as you sort of said now, like a, a bench offense, uh, you know, engine, a microwave score. But it's going to be all the other stuff, and and I think how he de- develops defensively too. That's going to determine like starter, high-level starter, or something maybe more than that too. You know, um, because the shot is good. The shot is good. He is a good pull-up shooter. Pretty good catch and shoot spot up player too decent off movement shooter coming off screens. Um, but it's, it's the playmaking. It's the decision-making it's the, does he actually have another gear offensively? Can you ever get to that? Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, um, I, 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 sometimes with Cole, I worry what's the most likely outcome for him. Like if you divide it up into, you know, ro- you know, rotation, bench piece, starter, high-level starter. Of those three segments, what's the most likely one for him to land in? That's tough to figure out right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I would bet on rotation uh, as of right now, but I agree that it is, is very difficult to scout. Um, all right, so let's get to another question about Cole from our good friend uh, and, and consistent listener. We really appreciate this guy at – Bars I Filippo four on Twitter. Um, by the way, if you didn't know, he was featured on Hornets.com. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so go read that story if you haven't already. He says, "I really do like Cole." My question is, do you buy him as an average slash good defender? I do. I do. I, I think he's actually a, a little above average. I think there's more to tap into with his own ball defense. There's really no excuse for him to be. Well, the excuse is that he's young. He's a freshman. He was a high school phenom. He probably, he probably lagged on that end uh, mostly through high school. When he comes into the ACC, and he's, he's, you know, he's very raw defensively. Um, off the ball, though, if you really pay attention to him, which is it's hard to do when you're scouting prospects, but if you watch him, his health defense, he's always seems to be in the right spot. He's really good at stepping into a gap and. You know, and cutting off dribble penetration and, and sprinting back to his man, chasing him off the line. I think he actually translates to a pretty good uh, above-average NBA defender. Again, it just comes back to that on-ball defense. You know, can he learn to play with his arms out and not to his side? Can can he clean up that footwork? Because it's really, really sloppy. There's a lot of situations this year with Carolina where I, I'm just I wasn't really uh, sure what they were doing. Um, in pick and roll defense, and, and I get it. You, you know, Armando Baycott, you know, freshman, 
you know, you got to be patient with him. He wasn't going to high hedge ball screens, but but no. Cole didn't help out his bigs. You know, it, it never seemed like he had a plan of where he was sending the ball, and he never made an attempt to slide over ball screens. If anything, he would just try to kind of jump over it. I mean, just very sloppy footwork. So I think he can get better there, and I like his his off ball D, and uh, and I think he, I think this guy can he can get a steal over a steal a game to me uh, yeah. in the league. And he didn't, you know, last year he averaged 1.3 steals per, per game. I think if he bought in and understood that I think defense for him probably as much is as much of a swing skill for what he becomes in the NBA is almost anything because I just, I don't believe in his offensive upside that much. Mm-hmm. So if he buys in on this end, I actually think that it might be his greatest strength in the NBA as crazy as that sounds. I'm not as bullish on his defense, but I think he can be fine defensively. Um, and again, this is part of the reason why he's such a, a vexing prospect just because he had good moments, as you said, in help defense this season. He is prone to overhelping. Um, and he'll leave open shooters. This happened in the, uh, the, the game against Duke and Cameron. I mean, he left, uh, I think it was Trey Jones or open for a, for a catch and shoot three in the first half of that game um, uh, with a baseline drive from uh, Wendell Moore Jr. on the opposite side of the court. Um, on the basketball, I think he – good hips, but I think his feet are like a little heavy sometimes. Um, I think his pick and roll defense, the instincts and discipline – aren't great. He'll lean in the the direction of the screen when he sees it out of his periphery vision and ball handlers can counter and attack him by rejecting that screen and crossing over and going the other direction. Uh, This is something that Kyra Lewis did. He Clark did Uh, his footwork really needs to improve there. And I feel like that second gear that I was talking about that he sort of lacks as an explosive playmaker offensively with the basketball. Like I think it sort of shows itself here too, because well, I think he's capable of being a good point of attack defender and staying in front of guys. Zippier, twitchy guards like Kobe White. That's the kind of guy that he, I think he has. He can have trouble containing. They're gonna, um, they're gonna, yeah, they're going to go by him. Trey Jones made him look like jab, jab step. And, and, yeah, and, and Trey's not even and, and Trey's not even like quick twitch. You know what I mean? Like a total no. breakdown player. I mean, he's a he's a great offensive engine and and he is fast, but. Like the stuff that Kyra Lewis did to him in the back in November uh, down in Atlantis. I mean, Kyra Lewis. I that that's like that's the game that that's if I were playing, yeah. I I wouldn't want I wouldn't want scouts seeing me play defense defense in that game because it was pretty bad. Kia Clark, the UVA yeah. game in Chapel Hill, same thing. And like those guys are incredibly fast. Like it's hard to stay in front of those guys. It's a challenge, but. And when he gets caught on a ball screen too, he will take himself out of the ball. Yes. Um, but has like again, there's some good stuff, has the potential to be a defensive dog, super competitive. So yeah, he could really embrace the challenge of getting better on that side of the court. Strong for his size. Again, I, I don't think he's six foot three. I, I bet he's closer to six one and a half, six two, um, and not super long. So there's not crazy versatility, but he is strong, good team defender. So maybe that helps him uh, you know, move around when possessions are scrambled and he has to guard different player types um quick hands as well too and so again there's some stuff to like off the basketball um i watched the virginia one of the virginia tech games uh from the acc tournament again this week and like he did okay at times chasing Jalen Cohn around screens and Cohn's another one of those guys smaller super fast doesn't play with the ball as much more of a 
guy that runs around screens and pin downs and stuff, but he did an okay job staying attached and fighting around screens early. And then it unraveled pretty quickly. Uh, UNC moved Leaky Black to the Jalen Cohn assignment. Um, and there are a couple of those possessions too, where, and this is where these are, this is actually some of my biggest concerns with Cole as a help defender. It's like when the possession is scrambled and the yeah. ball starts pinging around one pass, two pass, three pass. And all of a sudden it's like Cole needs to a really, a really high uh, defensive IQ, you know where to close out. You, you're anticipating where the next pass is going to go. On mm-hmm. some of those possessions, either you know he wouldn't anticipate or read where the action was headed, or he just didn't have the he didn't bring the effort needed to get back into the play, and he would just yeah. sort of get sucked up in the flow of the play. And that was for me defensively is probably my biggest concern with him. But maybe that's something you can sort of like coach out and, and improve too. I think that um, I think both are really good points because I wanted to go back to your point about um, you know him overhelping in, in spots. I think that to me that's a positive if I'm scouting Cole Anthony because I'm like, look, most of the NBA defense is a scramble draw anyways. Uh, at least against the best offenses in the league. So if he can if he can kind of be in position to scramble. We'll teach him the second and the third read. And the second point was, you said, you know, he just, his head starts spinning when that second, you know, the hockey pass happens yeah. and then the third pass yeah. happens. I think that's where I look at Cole and I'm like, his motor, it runs hot and cold. I think that yeah. has a lot to do with him understanding things because you just got to, at that point, you got to follow the ball. You got to run at the ball. Yeah. Run, um, run offline. You know what I mean? Exactly. Force, force, an, force an extra pass. You're not reading that much at that point, even at the in the league. Um, but it brings up the final point, and then we got to move on. Is that his motor runs hot and cold? Uh, but when it's running hot, he's going to impact the game, and he's going to make it chaotic, and he's going to he's going to muck it up in a way that I think is positive, and I it, it mostly positive. And that's where I think his real value is in the league, and that's why I think defense could be. I know this sounds crazy, but I think defense could be his calling card when this is all said and done in the league because if he decides to play at that high level consistently, you know, then, then I think he'd make a difference. Look, Cole Anthony came into Carolina thinking he was going to potentially be the number one pick. He was the best, one of the best high school players coming out. His dad's Greg Anthony. He came with all the accolades. The question for me is, and teams are going to have to do their homework, how quickly is this kid mentally going to figure out this is what I am, and and this is where I have to improve. And this is these are the tangibles and the skills that are going to help me be successful in the league. To me, we've talked about all this other stuff. That's the biggest question, and I wouldn't be too confident he's mentally going to make the right choice. So, um, but he's, uh, I mean, no question, he is the, the one of the most uh, debatable prospects. Yeah. In this draft, probably. Look, last last point on his defense, uh, high defensive rebound rate, 16.5% defensive rebound rate, which he used to trigger some grab and goes. Um, I actually thought either the, because UNC's secondary offense was a bit of a mess this season. I think, A, with Cole's stickiness with the basketball times and just like the lack of shooting or whatever. But I thought some of his best offense not just, you know, outside of the half court was when he was able to just push and run it down the back of, of a defense that's not quite set. He was able to do that to uh, to Trey Jones in the first half of the, the Duke game in Cameron this year, too. Uh, and then Trey Jones went right back down with a pass to, over the top to Cassius Stanley two seconds later. But, um, yeah, he is a good defensive rebounder. I don't know how, how valuable of a winning skill that is, but it is part of the utility belt for Cole Anthony, too. 
No doubt. Um, actually, I, I jumped the gun. I think we do have one more. We got to be quick on this one, but I want to give a shout yeah. Ethan uh, Smith Murray. Thank you for your question. I'm pretty sure we got to that. And Patrick Connor, um, you know, pretty sure we got to yours as well. But Brian Adams at Brian Chris Adams on Twitter asks, how would Cole Anthony fit in the backcourt that includes <laughs> multiple smaller guards and Devontae, Terry, and Malik? I think it's a great question. Uh, I don't think he fits at all. And, and yeah. Ben, updates on Ben, uh, you know, commented on Twitter on that question right under that, that, uh, yeah, it doesn't make much sense. I, 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 yeah, unless you're planning to move one, you know, at the draft, um, I, I, don't, I just don't see it. Yeah, he doesn't fit into that specific picture, but we've been talking about this. Like, if at, you know, the ninth pick, you think Cole Anthony is the the best player available, just take him. I, I don't think Terry is like a long-term piece. I mean, we're already a third done with his contract. We'll see what happens with an extension at some point for Devontae or, if he, you know, he goes into, I guess, restricted free agency or whatever two years from now um, or, or next, two off-seasons from now. I mean, who knows at this point what how things are going to shake out. Um, so, yeah, he doesn't fit into that specific one. But if you draft Cole Anthony, like, I don't even think – I don't know how much of a thought that is, although unless you really think Devontae is part of the long-term picture, which they – possibly do um and then you gotta have to start making some some tough decisions uh i just want to read off three numbers real quickly here on cole uh 44 effective shooting uh off the dribble in the half court 72nd 72nd percentile division one 1.1 points per possession in isolation 54 percent effective shooting and uh on his isolation possessions on 20 percent of them drew a shooting foul too uh, but in the 92nd percentile nationally in iso efficiency so that's where i thought he got his best half court offense further away from the basket either drawing contact he's got a nice little step back going to his left wing. he's able to plant right create enough space going fading to his left and, and getting that little step back of his going but away from the traps away from the congested paint. I thought that was where he got his best uh, offense in the half court this season. All right. So I'm going to ask you a few questions here on Cassius. Maybe just one. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. Um, so we talked about his athleticism. Uh, you, you think that he's probably the best vertical athlete in this draft. Um, I would tend to agree with you there. So it seems like to me that Cassius has these like he's he's like this. I always go back to Kentucky because I think it's the easy like we there's so many of those guys that are lottery prospects, but we don't know all the things that they can do until they get to the league. I wonder if Cassius Cassius fits fits into this box a little bit. Like I think he only had 16 pick and roll ball handler possessions. All yeah, and something like that. Yes, um, you know w- w- the shot is probably the one thing that we can bank on. I agree with you that it's going to translate on defense. Not great. Okay. Good lower body, you know, strong lower body, pretty quick. Can get get overpowered by bigger defenders too, which I think is part of like, I think that's the maybe defensively. That's like the biggest red flag for cash is just like other teams would take bigger wings at him, just maul him, just ISO post up on on Cassius this year. And it's funny because Duke would try to actually do the same thing with him on the other end. If he got a smaller guy, they they tried to post him a lot um, because his his lower body is really strong, um, which obviously contributes to his his 46-inch vertical. Craziness. Um, (laughs) My question is, let me stop rambling and get to it. So what's the one thing, BG, you think he's going to be able to, to tap into? So I think if the, if you buy, I've been tracking Cash's Cash's jumper since early no early mid November. I think if you buy 
his spot up jumper, then he, he's an NBA player. Like in like it's like a is like could be a, a decent you know uh, an, an upper rotation piece in the NBA because he is crazy. He's ridiculously athletic, good transition player. Um, sort of limited in terms of shot creation, but he's got that little dream, dribble spin move. He has some craft ball fakes in the paint, spin on a dime, you know, strong enough that lower body to, to ward off a defender and go up and finish, even if it's, you know, you know, from seven feet away with some touch. Um, has a little bit of pull-up game when he gets to that right, you know, that crossover to his left hand up to the shooting pocket. But uh, for the most part, it's like, you know, where does how, how does this guy shoot off the catch? Um, and how much of a movement element does he have? It's just eight of 11, oh, pardon me, eight of 12 shooting off screens this year. It had two late in the season against Virginia Tech, had two big hits coming off Duke's little like floppy, uh, you know, motion, uh, pin down offense there. Um, but if you buy the jumper, and there's some decent indicators like shot an okay percentage from the free throw line, pretty good numbers from spot ups and catch and shoots. Um, if you buy that, I think everything else opens up. Cause I think he'll, I think he has a chance to be okay. Defensively wasn't as, as di- disruptive as you would maybe think with his athleticism, like not crazy, uh, stocks numbers this season, just, uh, yeah, 2.4% block rate, 1.4% steal rate. He's not super long. Um, as we said, bigger players can go at him, but I think if you buy the shot, um, and I think there's st- stuff to like with the shots. He's got a good form, compact. Is always shot ready. If you buy into that, then yeah, I think Cassius is like a is like a legit NBA player. You know who he kind of reminds me of, and tell me if I'm crazy. He kind of reminds me of Gerald Henderson just a little bit. A little like, bit, yeah. The vertical like leaping ability, yeah. Like the real re- good athlete, like mm-hmm. net shooter. Like, yeah, uh, not a great ball handler, like really can't operate a pick and roll. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Gerald Henderson, I, you know, made a pretty good career um, out of a lot of those question marks. But yeah. I think his rebounding is a strength that he needs to learn to tap into because I think on the next level, if he can unlock some grab and go, um, yeah. you know, and, and push his team into transition, then he's playing into his strengths. The more that Cassius has to play in half court is the more that, I really worry about him. I do buy a shot, though. I mean, the stroke looks good. Yes. Um, it's it's just it's a little methodical. Like as a catch and shoot player, I think one of the thing, the only thing really with his shot that I would tell him is you need to speed up the process a little bit. Like you catch, you, sometimes you go one two, sometimes you hop. You know, it's it's just like a little inconsistent, and then he kind of locks it and he lets it go. It looks nice. It's just it just takes a while to get off. I think it, yeah. it was sped up as the season went on. So I should give him credit, but if he could speed that up a little bit and then just add, add something. And, and this is the point you were making, add something off the bounce. When he gets mm-hmm. put off the line, let's pretend in a hype, you know, hypothetical here, he turns into a, a 38 to 40% three point shooter on his third season. You know, can he add that third to fourth dribble? Can he add a Euro? You know, can he, can he, you know, read the floor when he makes that spin and, mm-hmm. and demands the extra defender? So he has shown none of that so far. And I think that that's where you have to really wonder. I wonder about, mm-hmm. you know, will he will he ever tap into that? And he's the oldest, I think, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong. He's the oldest freshman in Probably. this draft. He's going to be 21 years old when he's drafted. Yeah, he's going to be 21 in August. And he said, like, it, the release he had when he, when he decided to, to – pull out of Duke this year. He said that he was like, uh, honestly, he was like, I would love to have come back and played in, in an NCAA tournament. 
it's a bummer that the season ended the way it did, but he was like, the NBA puts so much emphasis on age. Like I got to go. Um, so, uh, you know, he had the wherewithal to do that this season. Um, cash is shooting off the catch 26 of 64 catch and shoot three pointers this season. Um, 44%. Those were, that was 24% of his total field goal attempts spot up, no dribble jumpers this season, 61, percent effective shooting 1.12 or pardon me 1.21 points per possession but here's where we get to the other stuff spot up dribble jumpers uh 31 percent shooting uh runners and basket drives from spot up possessions 11 of 23 uh 48 percent didn't get to the line a ton this season i think he's okay finishing through contact but you would maybe think which is how explosive he is vertically like he could be even better um didn't shoot like an amazing number at the rim right about 59 percent but like it's not like he just turns into you know uh, you know no it's not like he just falls apart going through contact he had some nice compact finishes i almost feel like he braces for contact a little bit too too much and he contorts his body and then he makes these these finishes more challenging than they have to be when you just when you just think like man you should just go up and go above this guy i promise you you play in a a different stratosphere uh one that's above all these other dudes even the guys taller than you i didn't show much as a playmaker sub seven percent assist rate as you said not a lot of pick and roll possessions um so for me can he add any of that has a little bit of tunnel vision as a driver um really only has that spin move or the pull-up jumper as as counters to that and uh and so those are the big that's like that's the biggest limiting factor leaves his feet on the floater so he can be vulnerable for offensive fouls um you mentioned the grab and go potential he showed some stuff as a as like an offensive rebounder this season but defensively not uh you know nothing nothing too special but uh yeah it's just his his ability to play with the basketball make others better around him counters to hard closeouts. That's the stuff that he's got to work on. Um, But I think if you buy the shot, it gives him that plus his leaping ability and all the intangibles I mentioned earlier, that sets a pretty nice floor for him. And why, if you get this guy in the second round or, or late in the first round, I mean, I think that's maybe a little too early for me, but late early in the second, Mm -hmm. I think he's a really interesting pickup for, for a lot of different teams, including the Hornets who are putting such an emphasis on player development. Yep, I totally agree. That's what this guy needs more than anything in the world. He just doesn't have a very good feel for the game, and so if he can if he can sharpen that axe, you add that that onto the layer of his athleticism, and you've got an NBA player, no question. BG, I, I want to end with this because uh, it might be a project that Busby does at some point or not. Uh, Richie, I know we've already gotten this suggestion, so let's just start with Cole. And let's just go like in fives, like one through five, five to 10, yeah. 10 to 15. Like, where do you have Cole Anthony on your big board right now? A 10 to 15, 10 to okay. 15. And, uh, but like on the closer to 10 than closer to 15, I mean, if you could get Cole at the end of the lottery or middle of the first round, I think he's a really good pick. Um, but yeah, he's probably somewhere closer in like the nine to 10 range, 11 range for me. So it's something that the Hornets will have to think about. What about okay. you? All right. So you have him pretty high then that's yeah. higher than I would have maybe expected. I have him in that 10 to 15 range too. I think closer to 15 okay. to 10. Um, but, but yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, I mean, he's almost impossible to scout. So, um, all right. What about Cassius? See, it's tough. You, we talk about this every year, but it's like when you get to like 25 through 45, there's just so much variance. He's somewhere in that. 
But if I were to, if we were to go by these, by the rule of fives here, like I'd say somewhere in the 30 to 35 range, but maybe closer to 35 of that bracket. You know what I mean? But if he's, if he, if you have him in the, the 35 to 40 or 45 or 40 to 45, I, I, I understand it too. You know, there's just, talk to me tomorrow. I might have a slightly different opinion, but I think somewhere in the, the like, almost like 33 to 38 if i could like break the system but keep it in the in five somewhere in that range probably yeah yeah i i, I think i have it. i need to i'm not you know my, my second round big board's not real sharp right now so i need yeah. to work on that a little bit more but uh but yeah i think i have in that 35 40 probably a little closer to 40. yeah um i just and we said this about cold too but i think cash is there's just there's so many things that I just don't know. Like right now, the only thing I know is he's a good athlete mm-hmm. and he's probably, but maybe not going to be a, a good spot up shooter outside of that. Like, I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but, but again, there's so much he can potentially tap into that. I also think he could be drafted in the first round. I mean, yeah. I think he could be drafted top 25 because of it, because of his athleticism. Like totally. we said it, he's the number one vertical athlete in the whole draft that could definitely get him uh, a mid first round pick. No doubt. It, it makes you wonder. You're like, if the, you know, if, and when the combine happens, he's one of those guys that could have been a combine darling. You know what I mean? Uh, just by showing yeah. up in, in the vertical leap or, you know, cone drills or whatever, and really throwing out some just monster numbers. Um, you know, it just takes one GM to fall in love with him. I'll say this. If he's a guy that falls to early or middle of the second round, he's got a chance to make a GM look really smart that snaps him up, you know, at pick 41 or whatever. Oh, because, I agree. Because there's, there's real upside and real potential um, with, with Cassius. I think, it, like, honestly, Cassius, I think his range could be seriously anywhere from, like, 25 to 50. Yeah, like, I, I seriously. I think he could be all over draft boards because we've talked about. Um, all right, BG, well, this was fun. Any last thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, not too much. Uh, nope. I uh, enjoyed, enjoyed talking about two guys that I, I really had fun uh, covering this season, even though I know Cole was, was sort of a frustrating prospect. But I really enjoyed covering Cassius, and I, I hope the NBA works out for him um, down the road. Good stuff. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in to another BuzzBeat. If you want to support this podcast, please go ahead and give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcast. We will see you all next week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment 
and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.